0: and this is Workplace Hugs. Workplace Hugs is where we talk about interesting things we've read and how it relates to the workplace experience. Our goal here is simple. Help us all expand our toolkit, our workplace toolkit, with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree. We'll purposely talk about it in different scenarios, high level, talk about how we've experienced it at the lowest level, and then we'll share some examples on ways for you to take this back to your own workplace life. Um, I am excited about this week, Shannon. This is, I think... The first week we both read the book that we're discussing, which is super interesting.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be different for us.
0: Because I can't just let you make things up the whole time. I'm right. going to be like, not in the book. I didn't <laughs> read that. I did not read that in the book. That is that is a, a made up yeah. strategy.
1: Because that's totally what I normally do is just make stuff up and tell Rami it's a book or a podcast episode when which it's not. Which
0: is... Is a good way to 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 work on our trust, and I think this week will be good. I I'm uh, I'm here for accountability. So this week we're talking about a book that everyone is obsessed with.
1: Yeah, it's called um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And Remy, even yesterday, one of my coach friends texted me, and she's like, "Have you read the book Atomic Habits?" <laughs> And I said, funny, you should say, Rami and I are going to record a podcast (laughs) episode on it. So we've
0: both read it.
1: And we've both read it, which is (laughs) a first time ever for the podcast. So, at the highest level, this is a book all about creating better habits in your life and like a little bit about work. I think he touches on some work examples there. And Mm. while nothing in this book was like earth shatteringly new to me, and I think to you too, Rami. I always think it's a good refresher to just remember, like, what does help us create and maintain great habits, especially at this time of year, you know, it's the first podcast episode of the year 2021. Let's set some really great habits.
0: Well, and I think too, it's, it's these types of books that you and I read, and we're like, Oh, it's so basic, and it's not earth shattering. But I think that's why it resonates with so many people, because it really is just like, oh, this makes sense. It's very clear. I get it. It makes sense. Perfect. Like I can, I can see it, I can digest it, and I can enact it. And I think that's why so many people connect with these types of very digestible topics.
1: Yeah, like you've heard it before. And also, it's helpful to remind yourself like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what I need to be thinking about when I'm forming habits. So, you know, this podcast is all about empathy, our beloved listeners. And I think especially how this topic of habits relates to empathy is that I think we can all agree new habits are really tough to form and bad habits can be really tough to break. So we want to give you some practical tools to make it a little easier and create habits with more empathy.
0: I like that. So we're going to go through the four phases of habit building. Mm -hmm. Um, Should we carry an example as we walk through all these? Do you have a good example, Shannon?
1: Yeah, we can carry one through. One of the biggest habits that I was working on in 2020 was better bookkeeping in my business. (laughs) So it was better
0: bookkeeping.
1: Oh my gosh. I know it's like so sexy, right? But it was something (laughs) that I like for every year that I've owned my own business, I just like put it off, put it off, put it off. But I also didn't want to outsource it because I really like to have a thumb on like what's going on in my business. And like, I'm kind of like playing in excel and being nerdy like that. But it was still really tough for me to to get it in. So, we'll we'll kind of weave that thread throughout as we walk through the four parts of forming a I habit. I
0: love it. So, tell us about the first one, Shannon.
1: So, the first part about habit building is a cue. And in the book, he says a cue is like how do we make it obvious? So, some mini tips that he offered here that, that I thought were more helpful than others, was to first think about just building awareness for where your habits are today by keeping a habit scorecard. And this is something that I made Rami and I both play with <laughs> heading into this episode. And I'm curious if we can unpack it a little bit now. Rami, how did your habit scorecard experiment go?
0: Uh, terribly. <laughs> it is not simple and it is not easy. I would say it wasn't attractive. <laughs> I, it wasn't, it was fairly obvious, but it wasn't, it was, I, I failed. It yeah. was not. It was.
1: <laughs> and I would say mine was like a, a a 50% grade, maybe. I really tried. I kept an Excel spreadsheet open on my desktop uh, throughout the day. And I would just like list the things that I do. And I agree. It was hard because what I noticed is that I don't have a lot of daily habits. I have more like, like no two days are the same in my world. I have more like a weekly checklist. Like here's the things that I know I need to get done this week and they're going to happen when they happen. And there's not a whole lot of like habitualness to when they happen or times of day that they happen. Yeah, I still think it's good to do though, because I did notice some habits coming up for me, that it was just good to build awareness and think about like, oh, either celebrating with pride, like how I've changed different behaviors in the past, or recognizing where I maybe want to tweak and go back to an old habit that used to be really helpful for me.
0: I agree. I think it's good because it forces you to think about your habits while you're working. Um, And so that's where I say like, you guys should try it. Yeah. It's just a lot more energy and so you have to be in the mindset I, I don't know that us just deciding to do this last week was the right mindset for either of us to be doing a I agree workplace scorecard a habit scorecard um but i think if you're in the right mindset and you're like i want to work on my habits i think then it's like yep this is easy like i'm doing this thing and that's where my energy is as long as you plan to do that and are open to that?
1: Yeah, and maybe if I had to do it over again, I might set myself up for success more by maybe like putting a couple of reminders on my phone to take pauses throughout the day and just notice mm-hmm. what my habits were for like the last three hours versus my hodgepodge approach. So that's the first suggestion that he has to think about making it obvious. The second one was implementation intentions. And I think that's just like a fancy word for something that we might or fancy two words for something that we all might be more familiar with, which are basically like smart goals. Mm -hmm. So implementation intentions are all about being really clear about what exactly you're going to do. And like, when exactly are you going to do it? And are they realistic and all the other pieces about smart goals? So Oh, go ahead.
0: So with implementation intentions, which are SMART goals, how, I guess, from the make it obvious, the Q phase, how do you do that with your bookkeeping?
1: Yeah, great question. So for me with the bookkeeping, I blocked my calendar for every Friday. The last thing that I do on Fridays is take care of my bookkeeping, like printed all the receipts from that week, file them away, note them in my QuickBooks or my Excel spreadsheet i know that calendar blocking does not work for everyone and frankly mm-hmm. it doesn't always work for me <laughs> no. but for whatever reason with this habit that was something that was helpful to me and it was kind of nice that it was the last thing on of the week because yep. it was like oh if i get this done then it's just like woo, clear sailing into the weekend well
0: and i think too it really is making it obvious i think putting that spot on your calendar, blocking it, putting it in the same time, I think is just a very obvious way of of succeeding that. So the last tip that you have here, Shannon, under Q, under make it obvious, is I will say the one thing I took away from this book, and the one thing I continue to take away from this book, which is habit stacking.
1: Yeah, so habit stacking is all about layering a new habit next to a current habit. And I think even in my bookkeeping example, I wouldn't say that either one of these were current habits, but what I paired together was just more like admin work. So I also, I have to keep a running client log for my like certification to stay legitimate as a coach. <laughs> so I do those two things together because I need like similar stuff to do them. I'm in yep. a similar headspace. So that was how I think like I applied habit stacking of bookkeeping goes with client log catch up, like just doing both at the same time.
0: Yeah. And I think this is the one where I think about both your work life, but because so much of this book wasn't about work, it was about personal. Mm -hmm. This is the one where for me, this is what I took away from it was how do you layer a new good habit next to your current habit, right? So Mm -hmm. if you want to start journaling, right? but um, you don't get into a good habit of journaling. Maybe it's, okay, well, every night I have a glass of tea, and that's, like, one of the last things I do. It's like, okay, cool, then maybe you can journal when you have that glass of tea because you're used to doing that thing. And so I think it's as you're thinking about new good habits, how do you layer them with things you're already doing? Yes. Like, one your dentist might recommend, which is, hey, you brush your teeth most days in the morning and evenings. How about we habit stack flossing before that, so that I don't have to passive aggressively tell you that you should be flossing more <laughs> when you come in.
1: Yes. Uh, random fun fact about flossing: Did you know that even if you floss like three days a week, you you achieve ninety percent of the benefits.
0: So we should floss less. So I shouldn't be habit stacking.
1: I mean, you can. F- if, I'm just saying, if that helps you, that helps me so much when I was trying to work to ha- to stack in that habit. For mm-hmm. my dental hygienist to say, like, hey, you don't have to do it every day, but even just like three days a week, you get ninety percent of the benefit from it. So I love it. Hot tip. I love it. <laughs> and that's hot tip. Maybe a really good segue into the second of the four parts of how do we f- create really good habits, which is all about cravings. How do you in- give yourself a really strong craving to want to do the thing by making it attractive?
0: Ooh.
1: hmm And the first tip that he offered here was about what he called temptation bundling, which I think you just gave a really good example of, Rami. So how do you pair an action you want to do with an action that you need to do? So you want to have a cup of tea every night. You – also allegedly want to start journaling. So how do you bring those things together so it's more of a pleasurable experience for you? I did the same thing with my bookkeeping, honestly. Like there's a coffee shop right across the street from my work office, hop in there for a chai or a lemonade in the summertime and make it more attractive or more of a pleasurable experience for me to work through my books.
0: Well, and I think too, it's how do you still make it that whatever you're wanting to do is special enough that it makes it attractive for your half to do, right? If you get a coffee every single day, you get that chai every single day saying, Oh, I'm going to get a chai and do my bookkeeping. You go, well, no, I do that every day. Like what, what is special about that? But the Mm -hmm. fact that you're not doing that every day and it's a, it's, it's something to get you excited and it makes it more attractive. Then I think that's how you do the temptation bundling successfully
1: yeah yeah so then the second tip in the make it attractive bucket was to think about joining a culture where a desired habit is the norm and this one like i get on the surface and i think i can i don't know Like the example that comes to mind here more on a personal level is like join a crossfit gym kind of a thing
0: that was actually my exact example because I was thinking about where the desired habit is talking about being in CrossFit and that the culture where people talk about CrossFit all the time is at a CrossFit gym.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not as positive where this might fit into workplaces. I I guess I can think just based off of my clients working in different organizations where – Oh, this is coming to mind. Like there are certain companies that I think are notorious or frankly, even industries that are notorious for terrible work-life balance. Mm -hmm. So if you're wanting to get better at work-life balance, maybe recognizing that you might have to join a different culture, i.e. a different workplace Mm -hmm. to support that habit improving. You know, you think about like um, consulting or people are traveling all the time, at least in non COVID times, and they're notorious for having a lot of work-life imbalances.
0: But I think this is if, yeah, I think this one that join the culture to me is tricky when it comes to workplace. I think outside of work, it's easy for personal habits, yes. but I think from the workplace side, it's really tough. That's where I say like for the attractive part here, I think it's temptation bundling. I think it's how do you temptation bundle, especially when it comes to work things, because I think that's the easy way to do it. And I think treating yourself is a very attractive Temptation bundle.
1: Yeah, the other thing, the example that just came to mind for me of how I will temptation bundle sometimes around work tasks that I don't want to do is through music, through playlists. <laughs> so I have certain playlists in Spotify that I only listen to for certain tasks. Yep. Because it, it it almost like helps with the cue. Like, oh, this is when I listen to this playlist, I know I need to do this thing, and it makes it attractive because I save that that playlist that I really love or enjoy. Just for this bookkeeping task or client log task that I don't really like.
0: But yeah, I think it can be as simple as a playlist. It could be a coffee. It could be a scone. I mean, if you like scones, maybe a cookie or something. (laughs) Some sort of sweet bread.
1: Yeah. Okay, so
0: that's the second one. So first it's the cue, make it obvious. The second part is craving, make it attractive. So what's our third one?
1: The third bucket is all about response and making it easy. So how do we make it easy? By a couple of tips that he offers here is to reduce friction, right? So noticing the parts where this habit gets really tough for you. So for me, an example, again, going back to the bookkeeping is a friction point for me in this, Was that I would try to do my bookkeeping like in a different physical environment. Like, I really Mm -hmm. like to be outside in the summer as much as I can. So I would go sit out at the picnic table. And guess what? That actually made this habit harder because I need to be by a printer so I can be printing out my receipts and getting them all filed in my folders for taxes. So, reducing friction in that sense. Mm -hmm. The second one, kind of related to maybe the example I just gave, is all about priming your environment. So how do you make sure, like in the bookkeeping example, you have the right tools around you to get whatever task you're trying to get accomplished done? Or maybe through music again.
0: Well, and I think twofold for both of those, reducing friction and priming the environment. For your example of bookkeeping, if you – prior to like the week leading up to it, you did none of or no organization around this. Mm. And it was just like, okay, all my receipts are everywhere. So the first part of my bookkeeping part is that I have to organize all my receipts. Mm. I think that would make your life much harder.
1: Yes. And thank you, Rami, you're reminding me that another way that I primed my environment, or I made it easier for myself is that every day, like as I would have a receipt come through in my inbox, I would file it away in a tax folder. And then at the end of the week, I would work through that folder. So it made it a lot easier and more approachable for me to even want to do it in the beginning.
0: So you're reducing the friction because you don't have that set up. And then your environment is primed because everything's in one place. So it's not like you're doing additional work to start the work.
1: Yes, yes great call Rami. And then the third tip that I thought was useful in this bucket is what he calls the two minute rule. So how can you downscale your habit into just like whatever you need to do in the first two minutes to just get it started. So the examples he gives in the book that I think are more personal in nature is like, again, like, instead of saying, um, you're gonna do 50 pushups or whatever, just like the first pushup, you know, Mm -hmm. and starting there, if that's all that you can do.
0: Yeah, I like that. And I think, too, if you're thinking about your workplace, like there's probably we always have these lists, at least I do, of lists of like, here are the things I would like to do at some point. Like there's nothing urgent. They're just going to make my life easier at some point. And so maybe the the make it easy part here is you take one of those things. You don't take the hundred of things that you have on your list, but you take one of those things yeah. and you do it every once in a while. And it's just the one. It's the two minutes. It's the five minutes, whatever it is. And you can start to knock those things off. And it's how do you start that way. And then maybe you can build up from there.
1: Yes. Yep. Okay. And then the final of the four elements of creating good habits, number four is all about rewards. So how do we make it really satisfying? So you want to keep doing it again and again and again. And two tips that he offered here is the never miss twice. I think this comes from Jerry Seinfeld, like how Jerry would have his calendar or whatever. Have you heard this? Yeah. So
0: yeah, I mean, yes, because we both read this book.
1: That's true. <laughs> I so about so that I part. also I also read this in the book,
0: um, but I've read this other places too. So Jerry Fine, Jerry Seinfeld keeps a joke journal, and on his his joke journal, he writes a joke every single day, and so he marks it on his calendar and keeps that calendar up so that he can keep it going. And I think he's been going on now for I don't know twenty years or something mm. because he keeps seeing all those X's and that that streak is live. I think. The same thing happens for um, people with their snap stories and their friends and, and keeping their like streak. They'll like, snap each other every single day
1: Oh, um,
0: because they have a streak and they don't want to break the streak.
1: Yeah, yeah. So in the book, I think he talks about the streak thing, but then also just like, it's okay to miss once, but try not to miss it twice. Because then you're mm-hmm. starting to fall down the slippery slope or the snowball starting to roll downhill faster. Yes. And then the second tip on making it satisfying is about simply tracking it. So... I don't, I think this is a common phrase, maybe not, but I remember hearing it at a very young age, like what gets measured gets managed, you know? And so if you're measuring something, if you're tracking something, you're more likely to want to manage to whatever you're tracking. Uh, And there's an app that I use, I don't know if it's interesting to people, called the Done app, where I've used this for both personal and professional habit building. And literally all you have to do is like, enter the habits that you're trying to keep track of, and then you just have to like, tap them. To be like, yep, I did it today, or I did it this week. And you can set mm-hmm. goals of like how many times per week, or if you want to do it daily, or if you want to do it twice a month. Uh, and I found that really helpful to track it. And that's that alone is satisfying for me.
0: Just getting to check it done. Like,
1: yeah, honestly, that might be my Enneagram 3 Achiever coming out. I don't know if that's going to work for everybody, but it might work for you.
0: <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Okay, so the four pieces of building a good habit or... Are- a manageable habit, an atomic habit, are cue making it obvious, uh, craving, making it attractive, the response, making it easy, and then the reward, which is make it satisfying.
1: Yes. And Rami, I'm curious for us to maybe phase into the Q&A part of our podcast today. Which element of those four do you think is the hardest?
0: I really don't like... The, the reward part, I think it's really tricky because most, what, what's that, what's that quote? Good work is its own reward. Yeah. I think that's absolute trash. Mm. So I think it's just difficult for good habits to quickly give you a response. There's a really good quote in the book about, um, bamboo and, he talks about this a lot and I I really like this and it's you will build a habit and you will do that habit for a long time before you see anything. And then all of a sudden you will finally see everything and it'll change so quickly. Mm -hmm. And they say the same thing about bamboo, right? Bamboo takes a very long time to go like one to four inches out of the ground. Mm -hmm. But as soon as it starts to grow, it grows very, very fast. And that's where for me, I think, I get the first three. I think it's the reward. It's if you're thinking about personal things, it's okay. I'm working out more. I want to start to see changes to my body and you can do that for three weeks. You can do that for four weeks. You can do that for five weeks and not see anything. Yes. And it's not really until like six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 weeks that you actually start to see those changes. He also references the, um, the San Antonio Spurs. They have a quote, That I'm going to butcher, which is something like the, the, the person like cutting down the tree. It isn't the first 99 strokes. It's the hundredth stroke, but it took the 99 to get to the hundredth.
1: Oh yeah, that's good. I don't remember that quote, but that's good.
0: And so maybe it wasn't in the book. I don't know. I think it's that reward piece for me is so tricky because it is, it literally, like you will take 99 strokes at a tree and it won't move and it'll be that hundredth one but you had to do those 99 to get there. And so the reward isn't always going to be quick. And I think, how do you stay focused that entire time as you're making a good habit, and you're trying to get a good habit when you aren't seeing the benefit of it in in manifest itself?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. In general, I think the there are two parts that I think can be hard for For a lot of folks. The craving, how do you make it attractive in the first place? And then the reward piece of how do you make it satisfying so you want to keep going over the Mm -hmm. long haul. I know those are my personal like stuck points whenever I'm trying to form new habits. And I think you spoke to them beautifully. So we won't elaborate on that one too much. So my next question here for us to maybe poke fun at ourselves is what are or were some of our best and worst habits at work right now?
0: worst habit i think everybody probably does this and maybe not maybe everybody's really good but i get sucked into like a social media snack break yes i call it which is just me deliciously scrolling um and i think it's such a it's 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 a way to clear your mind at least for me like i use it to clear my mind it is not a good habit i shouldn't be just hopping on social media it's very distracting I think it also isn't a good way for me to break up my day because I think once I start doing that, I want to do it more and more and more. And so it's what I would say a bad habit. What I've tried to do over the last week since we've got our habit scorecard open and just staring at us as it doesn't get filled out Mm -hmm. is try and use the time when I know that I need a mental break to do something that isn't as that that I've been trying to do things that I enjoy doing, but just don't make the time for during my work day. So there are a few like work tasks that I actually like to do, but are so down on my list that I never get to them. Yeah, And so I've been trying to do those in lieu of social media. It worked two of the four days that I tried it, but those are two days where I did something different and I still got the same kind of release and the same kind of feeling. And I think that was really great for me, but That's for sure one of my worst habits.
1: Like, what do you do instead?
0: So one of the things was just like clearing out some of my inbox because that was really pleasing to me to like get that number down of open emails in my inbox. Totally. So I I did that one of the days. And then one of the other days, I was just like following up with one of the partners that I have just to check in to see how they were doing because I hadn't talked to them in a while. But it was something that it was like, I don't need to do that. I really want to. But it's so far down on my list that I wasn't going to make time. But it was a rewarding thing for me. So I got a similar release of, like, I don't know, tension or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the habit scorecard actually showed me the same thing. That, like, I have this habit when there's something I don't want to do. So I love what I do. I love coaching. I love my clients. One of the parts that I don't like so much is sending notes after a client session. (laughs) And I noticed that every time it came time to like type notes. So the second I would get off the call, it would be like, okay, let me pick up my phone. Let me look at Instagram Mm -hmm. for a while. Instead of Mm -hmm. just like doing the thing and it'll take like four minutes to type up that email But I would rather do anything else in that moment. So I noticed a similar habit of reaching for social media when I just want a break, you know? And so just, like, give myself a break. Like, pause, breathe for a minute. You don't have to Mm -hmm. go right into the next thing. What about on the best habit side? What's, like, one of your best work habits right now?
0: So is this... So do we want to talk about our work habit we think is freaking amazing?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, I like that. So maybe instead of best habit, this is the way that I I framed it to Rami before we jumped on. It's like, what's the one work habit that you have that you just think is so freaking amazing? Everybody should try it.
0: I use my inbox as my to-do list. I'm really bad at keeping a to-do list that isn't a post-it of here are the things I have to do immediately. Mm-hmm. I think I've always I've always struggled with that. I think from the beginning of my career, they've always said like, keep a good to-do list, have it in a mm-hmm. notebook and, and keep track of it and cross things off and add things. I always get really overwhelmed by that when I see like a hundred things. And so my to-do list is like, what are the things I absolutely need to do like today, this week, whatever it is, those are going to go on a post-it. My addition to that is using my inbox as a to-do list, mm-hmm. which is... Basically, everything in my inbox either needs to be responded to or something that I need to do. And so even if it's like I responded to that, I need them to respond so that I keep track of it. That's how I keep track of everything is keeping my inbox as my to do list. And so that for me is like my freaking amazing thing. And I really enjoy it because I think I used to get in the habit of, oh, I responded to that. I can get rid of it. But as soon as I would, it would be a week later, and I would forget that I needed to follow up with them because they haven't responded to me. Mm. So until something is truly, truly done, that email is completely done. I keep it in my inbox to remind me every time I go through my inbox to go, okay, I need to follow up with them. It's been three days. Like, Why haven't they responded to me?
1: Yeah, I like that. I used to do that more at Target. And I remembered when I found the feature in Outlook where you can put a note. Like, You don't have to like send an email to yourself. You, you can just literally put a note and it will drop it in, in your mm-hmm. inbox to remind you to do something that maybe isn't email related. I liked a lot. Uh, my one more habit that I think everybody should freaking try is to put yourself in airplane mode. I am blown away at how few people actually feel comfortable doing this. I can, well, I guess I should have more empathy. I can remember this feeling really scary to me when I first started to do it of like, There's no way I can be unavailable. What if my daughter's daycare calls, like Mm -hmm. all of these like catastrophizing things. But even if you just start with like 30 minutes or 60 minutes, like something where it's like babies aren't going to die or like if they are dying, (laughs) like they probably would die anyway, (laughs) like whether you are available or not. And I put my phone in airplane mode. I close out my inbox and I put my laptop in do not disturb. So I like lock it down to give myself one hour to just focus on whatever is like the most intimidating like task or thing that day or just to focus at all on even if it doesn't feel like a super intimidating task that I'm trying to knock out. So playing with that more, because I'm always blown away at how much I can get done in an hour if I just let myself fully engross myself in that task.
0: Well... I like that. And I think as we move to a more digital space, I think there are still ways to do this and be there for your teams. Because I think the biggest fear for us is always like, my team is going to need something from me in that half hour, that hour that I'm blocking for myself. Yep. And so the tips I have, if you want to do airplane mode is, look, if you're going to do it in the workspace, you would go into a room, you'd probably tell everybody like, hey, I'm going this room, I'm going to go focus on this thing. Yep. And if you need me, I'll be in the room. So like, just come over and get me. But if you email me or Slack me, I may not respond. I think the the remote, the digital version of that is on Slack, on whatever your workplace um, communication tool is. You can put yourself on do not disturb and put a note and say like, hey, I'm focused on this thing for the next hour. Yes. And if it's urgent, give me a call. But otherwise, like this is where my focus and my energy is going to be. And I'm not going to be on top of things, you may not see an email from me because I'm working on this task that I need to work on. Just letting people know. Cause I think that's the part when I think about airplane mode, that gives me the most stress is like, if people, people don't know what I'm doing. And so they think I might just be like purposefully, like not responding to them. But I think being able to let them know proactively, like, I'm not going to respond to you, but here's why.
1: Well, and that might be a uh, habit stack. I think I remember doing a series on this on Instagram when people first start going into quarantine of like, how can you stack right next to it uh, a notification? You know, like I'm going to reach out to everybody that might need to contact me in this time. So whenever I go into airplane mode, I have a habit of texting my husband right before to say, hey, FYI, I'm going to be unavailable for the next hour. Uh, I'm, I'm going in airplane mode and then he knows and he can be like thumbs up or actually I need to ask you this quick thing before I go into the cave of airplane mode so mm-hmm. just habit stacking that Keep proactively communicating to other people you're you're headed into airplane mode do they need anything right now otherwise they'll see you again in an hour digitally or in person I love it okay so let's flip into the bring it on home like how can you apply all of this like a little bit daunting, if you ask me, (laughs) (laughs) habit process to your everyday life. There's just two tips that I want to offer here. And Rami, please chime in. I think the first, even though Robbie and I had mixed experiences with it, is honestly to start with a habit scorecard. So create an Excel spreadsheet on your desktop or create a note on your phone. Just trying to list the habits that you have in work today to just raise your awareness of what your habits even are. And then noting next to them with a plus, a minus, or an equal sign, like, is this a positive habit? Is this a negative habit? Or is this just kind of like neutral or whatever? So raising awareness first and foremost. And then the second tip that I would offer is to pick just one new habit that you want to implement. So after you go through that habit scorecard, like what's the thing that you think you want to implement or change? And then identify why that habit might be hard for you to start. And double down on the one of the four parts of the habit building process based on what's hard. So in the book, they break it down. Like if if you feel like this new habit will be hard to remember, then you need to focus on the make it obvious part. If you feel like this, if you don't feel like starting this new habit, if you're like, oh my gosh, this just sounds like awful, but I know I need to, then you need to focus on how you're going to make it attractive. If it feels too difficult or too daunting, then you need to focus on how to make it easier. And lastly, if you feel like you're just not going to feel like sticking with it, then how can you focus in on just the part about making it satisfying? So don't overwhelm yourself by trying to figure out all four parts all the time. Focus on the part that is the hardest for you. And how can you improve just that part?
0: And I think that's really the piece for me to take away from all of this is which of the four parts is the hardest for you and focus on that one piece and make that the piece that you make that you invest the most energy in to make it a habit that you can do.
1: Mm -hmm. I love it. So with that, we would love for you to join in this habit conversation with us over on Instagram at workplace hugs. I think we're curious to hear from you. What is your maybe one new habit that you're really going to try to build? And also I would love to hear from other folks. Like what is their amazing, awesome habit that they think everybody should be trying right now that they just like is blowing their mind it's so awesome and so life work changing with that i've been shannon
0: i've been rami and this has been workplace hugs <laughs>